Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lexanero Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Sunday, January 30th, 2022. And on today's podcast, we're going to review Kentucky basketball's big 80 to 62 win over the Kansas Jayhawks last night out in Lawrence, Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. Big night for the Cats. Keon Brooks, a career-high 27 points. Oscar Shibway, 17 points, 14 rebounds. Kellen Grady hit four three-pointers. Kentucky really dominated the game from start to finish there at Allen Fieldhouse to get what was, I would say, Kentucky's biggest victory of the season. The Cats improved to 17-4. and four. Kansas dropped to 17-3. and three. To help me discuss the game and review the game, I talked with my fellow sports columnist Mark Story of the Lexington Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. And then after that, you'll hear from John Calipari, his post-game press conference from out in Kansas, the Zoom session that he did with the media after the game. But first, we started off with my fellow sports columnist at the Arrow Leader, Mark Story. We talk about Kentucky basketball, about the big win last night, the upcoming games, and just where these cats sit right now as we head into February and on into, on into March. So let's get right to it. My conversation with Mark Story of the Arrow Leader and Kentucky.com. Okay, welcome into the podcast, Mark Story, my fellow sports columnist, colleague at the Herald Leader. How's it going, Mark? It's going well. Uh, I am going to warn the listeners that I do have a bit of a cough. I'm going. I'm, I'm taking a suppressant for the podcast. But if you know that you are forewarned, <laughs> that's, that's right. He's he's playing hurt. He's playing hurt. We we appreciate that, Mark. Uh, Kentucky's uh, win over Kansas last night a very dominating, impressive win, uh, eighty to sixty two at Kansas. Uh, how surprised were you at how well Kentucky played, or were you surprised that Kentucky played so well? Well, you know, I am surprised they won by 18 in a game that really wasn't that close at Kansas. Right. I'm not shocked that they won or that they played well. You know, to me, kind of the frustrating thing about this season had been it seemed like Kentucky had become a really good team, but in these big road games, you know, they kept losing their guards to injuries, so you never did really you know, finish a game with a true feel for how good they were. And they finally made it through a big game with their backcourt intact, and it was impressive. It, you know, I was thinking it's one of the most impressive U.K. basketball wins in a long, long time. Yeah, right, exactly. So do you think that was the key, just having the guards, or, or was it more to it than that? Well, I think it was a as, as to use a horrid old coaching cliche. I think it was a total team victory. But yeah, I think you know having the guards play the whole game. You know, I think it makes a big difference. I think when you have both Severe Wheeler and Ty Ty Washington, Kentucky's a really hard team to defend. Yeah, and really, uh, you know, Ty Ty first came back after missing the Mississippi State game with an ankle injury, injured his ankle against Auburn, missed uh, the last, I think he went out with like 8.20 to go in the first half of that game down at Auburn. He didn't shoot the ball well uh, last night. He one of nine from the floor, but he also had five assists. Wheeler had eight assists. And it, it does, and I think it was probably, probably a psychological lift for the rest of the team to have Ty Ty available after when it was kind of touch and go all week as to whether he was going to play. Yeah, I think so. And, and and he didn't shoot well, but I thought he played well overall. You know, he, in addition to the five assists, you know, he had three steals. And mm-hmm. I think just having him out there, you have to guard him. And, and it makes Kentucky a tough guard. And the other thing, you know, since Severe Wheeler came back after the injury at LSU, you know, his shooting has just been – he's been on fire. He's 28 of 47 from the field, five of nine on threes in like his last five games since he came back from the injury. And if you have to play him, if you can't back off him, 
you know, Kentucky's a tough team to deal with. Yeah, because one of the losses they had, those road losses you talked about at Notre Dame, uh, where Notre Dame backed off of him in that game. They said, we're going to let you shoot all day long if you want to, but we're not going to let you drive around him. And then at the end of that game, uh, Cal even put Severe on the bench because he wasn't helping him. Uh, but you're right, since the LSU a uh, game where he was injured with the neck injury, uh, hitting the screen in the backcourt. Since he's come back from that, he had shot the ball really well. Of course, the guy who shot the ball really well last night was Keon Brooks, a career out 27 points. He also had eight rebounds, just a, kind of a career night all the way around for, for Keon last night. And to me, he's a big key. When he plays well, they seem the team seems to play well. Yeah, I, mean, I was happy for Keon, who I think I like personally. He seems like a nice kid. And I was happy for him to have that moment. You know, the other thing, you know, Jacob Toppin played well, too. He had 11 points in 11 minutes. and They wound up with 38 points and 11 rebounds from the four spot. Uh, I'm going to predict uh, they're going to be pretty much impossible to beat <laughs> if they get that level of production at the four. Yeah, that's yeah, that's pretty good. And then, obviously, uh, production again from Oscar Sheboy, 17 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, we were kidding, kind of – somebody was kidding Oscar after the game on the Zoom session about Keon getting some of his rebounds. Oscar said he was okay with that. But it has been pretty amazing. I mean, you just come to expect a double-double every night from Oscar. Yeah, it is amazing the season he's having. And he's, you know, UK rebounding records were almost all set back in the 50s when the shooting percentages were just horrid. And they also were apparently playing at a real high pace because there were a lot of missed shots. And he's a threat to some fairly significant UK rebounding records and, and records that I would have thought would have been impossible to threaten just because of the way the game's changed. And, you know, as much attention as he's gotten, I'm not sure – really we fully grasp kind of the magnitude of the season he's putting together yeah no i agree i agree and then uh kellen grady i mean he had, i think he was four of seven from three last night uh continues to be a perimeter threat which is off obviously a big help to the team uh and a guy i thought that play, who you know gave him a lift last night in the first half where they when they gave oscar a rest was lance Ware, four points four rebounds in 10 minutes if they can get that out of him every game and cal talked the other day about that he wants oscar to let him know when he's tired because they don't think he plays quite as well when he's tired running up and down the floor if they can get that from lance on a consistent basis or even if lance continues and continues to improve and contributes more than that that that's a big lift for this team it is. And, you know, one of the weaknesses of this team is in games when Oscar gets in foul trouble or, you know, per, you know, perhaps, you know, weaknesses as you anticipate March Madness, you know, what happens in the if game that, you know, Oscar's in foul trouble or whatever, if Lance can just be an effective player, which he was last night, that makes a huge difference for Kentucky. You know, he, he can give you 10 to, you know, 12 effective minutes. You know, you, you have a fresher Oscar on the floor and, you, and it may not, and you don't feel like it's complete disaster if you get into a game where, you know, foul problems limit Oscar. So, yeah, I thought Lance, I thought Lance's play last night was important. Yeah, Kansas, uh, Dropped to 17 and three, only scored 62 points. Uh, Abaji, their star player, held to 13 points. He'd scored 37 on Monday night. How much do you think Kansas just had an off night, or how much of it was just due to the way Kentucky was playing? Well, I think, it, I mean, obviously, it, it, probably some of both, but I think it, you, I think it was mostly Kentucky. Yeah. You know, I, I think Kansas, in terms of the way it's playing this year, as, as I don't think. Up-tempo teams are going to have an awful lot of success against Kentucky, 
think the way to beat Kentucky is to slow them down and sort of rough it up and, and just sort of gum it up a little bit like Notre Dame was able to do. You know, I, I feel like, you know, Kansas and Kentucky, I think we're sort of similar teams. And I think one of, one of those teams turned out to be pretty superior to the other. So like the Texas A&M game where Texas A&M played at a slower pace, it was a 64-58 game there on Texas A&M's home floor. You think that's a type of team that's going to give Kentucky trouble from here on in? I do. I think those. I think the way to play Kentucky is to gum it up and get them in the half court and not let them, you know, get in rhythm and and just go up and down and try to stay in front of the guards. Uh, you know, I think Notre Dame was one version of that, and I think I think Texas A and M was a was a different version of that. Yeah, uh, Mark. Obviously, you watch a lot of basketball, a lot of college basketball. Uh, where do you where would you put Kentucky right now as far as the teams that you've seen the top teams play the way Kentucky is playing right now when they've got everybody healthy and when they're on their game? I think they're in the I think they're one of the five best teams in the country. I've said, you know, for the last few weeks that I thought Auburn was the best team I'd seen and Kentucky was ahead and ahead of Auburn by nine points on its home court when it had its entire team. And you know, Ty Ty Washington left the game and the game changed. And, you know, we will never know what would have happened had he stayed in there. I I have enough respect for Auburn. I'm not going to say that Kentucky was for sure going to win that game, but they were in control of it when they had their, their whole team. You know, I'm, I'm pretty high on Kentucky uh, at the moment. Who who are the other teams you think you say top five teams? Do you have a top five? Well, I really like Auburn. I think Gonzaga is really good. Uh, Baylor has tailed off a little bit, but I still like a lot about that team. Um, you know, those those are the teams I like. I'm, the Big Ten teams, I, I never am sure on the Big Ten teams. Yeah. You know, I, I was anxious. I was disappointed when Kentucky and Ohio State didn't play because I think Ohio State, the way they play, is a team that would have been a challenge for Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Purdue is probably the best team in the the Big Ten, and I think they have some components that would bother Kentucky. I never have full trust in Purdue in March. You know, they've played a little better in tournaments recently, but you know, I, th- I think those are the the teams that are at the top of the, in my opinion, are at the top of college basketball right now. How do you feel about Duke? I should have mentioned Duke. I think Duke's really good. <laughs> I watched them play. I watched them play Louisville yesterday, I and I thought too. Louisville. I thought Louisville played really well, and, and Duke's length really gave, you know, I thought was a big part in that game. You know, you know the thing with Duke, you know, I don't, I'm not 100% sold on their guard play, and I know Trevor Keels was the difference in the game when they beat Kentucky in the opener. But, yeah, Duke Duke should have been in that, uh, should have been among the teams I mentioned. Yeah, but I think, I think they're, right now anyway, I think they're a little behind the teams that you mentioned. But I think, uh, you know, as they continue to progress, especially, you know, Keels missed the game yesterday. Whether When he comes back, we'll see, you know, what happens there. And I want to ask you about Louisville in a minute. But let's look ahead just briefly to uh, the, the Kentucky's schedule coming up. They got Vanderbilt. Uh, at home on uh, Wednesday night. Then they go to Alabama on Saturday. Alabama's really been up and down, but they've beaten three of the teams that were in the Final Four last year in Gonzaga, uh, Baylor, and Houston, beating Baylor yesterday. Uh, what kind of week do you see this for Kentucky? They've already beaten Vandy down at Vanderbilt. I would think that they sh- should be able to handle them, but then they go to Alabama. How tough a test do you think that'll be? Well, Vanderbilt obviously looks like a sort of a trap game. You're coming off Kansas and going to Alabama, a team that beat Kentucky twice last year and won both the SEC regular season and the tournament. Um, you know, 
if Kentucky shows up in the right frame of mind, you know, they're better than Vanderbilt. It's a game they should win. They dominated Vanderbilt in Nashville until about the last seven minutes of the game when Kentucky quit playing and Vandy ended the game on a 16-0 run. (laughs) But um, that may actually help Kentucky a little bit in the second game just to give them something that can be used to motivate them. You know, I think the Alabama game is a really interesting matchup. Alabama is sort of epitomized a team that seems to play to the level of its competition. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got some squirrely losses, but you're right. They've got, they've probably got the three most impressive wins in the country and the team with, you know, three, three wins of that, you know, they've also beaten Tennessee, you know, but, but yeah. they've got some, they've got some bad losses. Um, but my guess, I, I would assume Kentucky will get the best Alabama. And I think that ought to be a hellacious game. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, looking forward to that one. Uh, you mentioned Louisville a little earlier. We both follow, even though we cover Kentucky, we both follow Louisville and what's going on down there. Obviously, an eventful week for them this week with Chris Mack and Louisville parting ways. Uh, so Louisville's in the hunt for or on the job search uh, uh, treadmill again. Look, they'll be looking for a new coach here pretty sooner at the end of the season. Uh, were you surprised with the – well, first of all, were you surprised Chris Mack wasn't a success at Louisville? And were you surprised that they – pulled the plug here while the season's still going on uh yes and yes um (laughs) i thought chris mack was just a slam dunk hire and just you know especially for louisville to get him under the circumstances they were under and uh, i think it just shows that you know no matter how a coaching matchup looks between coach and school you know from the outside until somebody's actually in it there's just no way to know you know, a hundred percent if it's going to work, if it's just going to be a fit and for whatever reason, you know, and, and obviously a big part of it was just not winning enough. This just didn't seem to be a fit. And by the end of it, it just apparently had gotten so toxic that you know, I think Chris was happy to be relieved of the situation, to be out of the situation. And it just, uh, the situation had just gotten so bad and sort of so rancid that it's probably the best, the best thing for both. And I'm, have some always been somebody that's had pretty mixed of feelings about changing coaches in the middle of a season. But in this particular case, uh, I think it both got both sides uh, reached the point of where they thought it was the best thing to do. Yeah. And some people will tell you that it was Chris Mack who actually approached U of L about maybe, maybe we ought to just go ahead and cut our losses and I can, you know, have a fresh start on both ends. So, so if you're Louisville, what do you do now? What do you? What kind of coach are you looking for now? Do you want somebody? And I'm like you. I thought Chris was a good hire. I thought he would do a good job there based on what he had done, done at Xavier. Uh, but I mean, what do you do now if you're Louisville? Do you look for somebody an outsider outside the program? Do you look for somebody who's got some ties to the program? And how much is it going to hurt the search that they are still under? You know, they're still going through the the NCAA process as far as. Uh, you know, uh, violations and enforcement goes. How, how much is that going to hurt the process? Well, I think the, that fact, plus the fact that they do not have a permanent university president nor a permanent athletic director, I don't. I think it's about the the least ideal scenario to hire a coach you can imagine. You know, I don't know whether they can get an AD in place, you know, before they have to hire a permanent coach or not. I don't see any way you can have a president because those searches just take a long time. You know, I think all of that favors Kenny Payne if he wants the job. I think for a lot of reasons, they're going to have a hard time not hiring him if he wants it. Mm -hmm. Um, I just have never been 100% sure with Kenny. You know, he's not super young at this point. And usually 
you know, guys don't wait as deep into their career before they, they, they take the plunge. Uh, so I've never been 100% sure he really wanted deep down to be a head coach. But if he does, I think they're they're going to have a hard time. I think he's going to get it is, I guess, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Kenny's 55, and that's the one thing on his resume. He has not been a head coach. He doesn't have a head coaching experience. And I don't think that that's a deal breaker, especially in Kenny's uh, part. But it is people do – scratch their heads and okay you know how come no one else is hiring to be a head coach and like you say does he want to be a head coach so i to me i think kenny would be the perfect hire because obviously the former car he's a former louisville player the little the it's obvious from what you read that louisville uh his fellow louisville former louisville players are behind him i think he would help with the fan base bring the fan base back together but uh we'll, we'll just have to see just have to see, you know, what happens there. And I think you're exactly right with not having a permanent AD, permanent president. Do you wait on – I'm like you too. I don't know that you can wait on a president to hire an AD because it takes so long, as you said, to hire a president. They can't afford to wait that long. So we'll see how that plays out. But right now we got Kentucky basketball uh, Wednesday night against Vanderbilt, and they're on the road at Alabama. One last thing. I know I said that was the last thing with Louisville, but I, I want <laughs> – Touch on one other last thing. When we talked to you last week, we talked about the Kentucky Sports Figure of the Year Award, uh, which was announced on Tuesday. Uh, just talk a little bit about that and what uh, what you've heard since uh, since the award uh, and about the just about the vote this year. To me, it was a really difficult year because there were so many worthy candidates. Yeah, I've been voting in this since 1990, and it was the hardest year I ever remember. And the way I will always remember this year there were two Olympic gold medalists and two Olympic silver medalists who didn't make the top 10. Uh, there were two college coaches who won national championships who didn't make the top 25. And Walker Bueller, Lexington native, and who I thought was the best pitcher in the National League, at least until September, just you know, finished fourth in the Cy Young voting, and he too didn't make the top 25. And wow. that just gives you an indication of how uh, how just how much sports achievement there was. You know, it's interesting. Wondell Robinson was the winner. He won it because he had broad-based support across the state. Really? He did not have the most first-place votes, but he won the vote in both Lexington and Louisville and tied in Western Kentucky and was second in Eastern Kentucky. And that level of support all across the state is what sort of put him over the top. You know, it was a tremendously challenging year in terms of the voting. There were, you know, I could pretty much run through the entire top 10 and, and in a lot of years they would have had resumes that would have had them contending for the win it was just a, it was just a really challenging year in terms of the voting and and then that, that's a good thing because it meant there was a ton of sports achievement by people with you know viable connections to our state it was just 2021 whatever else other challenges it brought was a remarkable sports year for the state of Kentucky and Mark does a remarkable job on putting that together every year and getting the votes and tabulating and so forth. And uh, so if you missed that, be sure and go back and read uh, Wandale Robinson, Kentucky wide receiver, was the Kentucky sports figure of the year. But even uh, besides that, Mark had a ton of coverage about all the finalists. So be sure and go back and look and find that on Kentucky.com. And be sure and follow Mark on Twitter at Mark C. Story, reading in the Herald, in the print edition of the Herald Leader and online on Kentucky.com. And Mark, we appreciate you playing hurting hope you get to feeling better thanks john okay my thanks to mark story be sure and read him on kentucky.com in the print edition of the arrow leader and follow him on twitter at mark c story and when we come back you'll hear john Kelly's john calipari's press conference after kentucky's 80 to 62 win over kansas
Go ahead and raise your hand. Kyle Tucker, go ahead. Yeah, Kyle, I wondered, was there anything that, that you could see going into this one that Keon was going to have a night like tonight? Um, yeah, because of how he's been playing, how he played the last game and what he's been doing in practice. And, um, you know, you notice he took all twos, took one three. I told him you'd have had 30 if you stepped in and made that two and had 29 and got five. And But he rebounded. He played tough. I'm getting him and, and I'm letting him sub himself. Don't stay in tired. Sub yourself. And when you're ready to go, tell me and you'll go back in. Today, Jacob, this is when you know we're becoming a good team. We were dying and they went zone. They went triangle and two and then they went two, three. And we were we were struggling. Uh, Keon made basket, made basket, made free throw, free throw. And I walked down and Jacob says, coach, just leave him in. Don't take him out. Now, and again, I'm only saying this rhetorically. Jacob people were probably saying, put Jacob in. Come on, man. Because Jacob, how did he play? He played well. And as a teammate, he's telling me to leave him in. That's when I know they're becoming empowered. Um, I said after the game, Lance was unbelievable again, by the way. But I said after the game, Bryce, Damian, and Dante did not get in. And I said, one, you got to be happy for this team to do what we did today. You got to be happy. Second thing, you guys that are happy got to keep picking them up so that they're ready for their opportunity. And so, you know, um, after, you know, they, they gave him the, I don't know, Gatorade shower and everything else to key on. And, but it tells you how happy they are for each other and how happy they are he broke through. And again, I'm saying fall back on your training. Now, what he showed is he could do this. But it wasn't just make baskets. Please don't say 27 points. He rebounded. He defended. He came off the weak side on a lob and tipped it away. They caught a foul, but it was a great play. He was switching all the stuff. And then he made shots. What if he missed four or five shots? That's okay. Do all that other stuff. But I was proud of him. When you, when you say that other stuff, I was going to ask that. Do you think you want a, fin a sort of essentially won the game there when he had, I think, three straight possessions where he got offensive rebounds and got fouled when you guys couldn't, couldn't get a bucket? Yep, he did. I told him while we were on the bench, I said, you won this game because we were dying and you made stuff out of nothing. Now, that's not being cute. That's just saying I'm going to fight. I'm fighting. But he is uh, – I'm happy for him. You know, the whole thing in all this, you want every one of these kids to play their best. The problem is we had three that didn't play, and we still got to make sure that we're coaching them and building them and getting them an opportunity. But if they get an opportunity, it's less minutes for somebody else. That guy's got to accept that that might happen. John Hale. Kyle, I know that Ty Ty didn't shoot very well tonight, but how much was tonight a statement on what you all are when you're at full street versus Auburn and LSU? Well, they, they asked me uh, after, you know, what was the difference? And I said, our guards were healthy. We had healthy guards. If you want to know, now Keon played well, Jacob played well, Oscar was a beast, but those guys have done, but we were healthy at guard. Um, I thought uh, Sabir tired out at the end. He should have taken himself out, but he played good. Larry Vaughn. 
John, I know you probably won't want to answer this, but just thinking back over your career at UK, have you had a more uh, a bigger road win where you made a bigger statement on the road than this one? Look, I don't even know who we played two weeks ago, to be honest with you. Um, but let me just say this. We've won a lot of games. We've won a lot of games against ranked teams. Um, we've done it all kind of different ways. Um, the one thing I told these guys, I said, I, I've done this a long time. And I said, I've been in many of these games on the road where it's game day. All the pressure is on that other team. I can remember going to Gonzaga when I was at Memphis. Game day and Gonzaga. Everything is on that other team. If you play for 40 minutes, I told them, you watch what happens. It's a hard deal. You're supposed to win. You got game day. Everybody's jacked up. The kids feel it. And again, they're not machines. They're not robots. They're kids. Daryl. Yeah, John, when you talk about the team improving, the team becoming empowered, is it more important, more impressive that they built a 20-point lead at, at the fog or that they maintained it and held on to win by about the same margin in the second half? Well, when they got it to 13, I looked. I said, look, we got to make three or four shots and this thing's over. I said, but did you not think they were going to make a run? You know they're going to make a run. They're a top five team. They're going to make a run. And they all said that. We knew it. We knew they'd make a run. They, they didn't seem to be phased by anything. Ty Ty did not shoot the ball well, but he hadn't even practiced. So he'll be fine. John Clay. John, you mentioned it earlier, but Lance, what kind of, what kind of lift did he give you being able to give Oscar a little rest there in the first half. And I, I told him after he has gotten so much better, so much more confident, um, more competent, which is why he's more confident. And, um, but I told him you're playing behind this. I don't even know what the heck I, he's a unique, you know, I mean, he said, yeah, I got a couple names for him. I mean, but you're behind him. So whenever minutes you get, you got to take advantage of them. Jerry. Yeah, I hope I can ask too, if I can remember the second one. Uh, before the game, Bill Self uh, said that uh, at West Virginia, Oscar had uh, another big guy he played with. So things got congested around the basket here at Kentucky. It's, it's more open. Keon and Jacob are more perimeter oriented. I wonder if the reverse can be true tonight where the Kansas focus is on Oscar and that gives Keon more room to operate. Well, let's just be real. He got shots because his guards, they were in the zone. They were in a triangle too. He got them there. The other plays he made were just effort plays, which he could make if they weren't focused on Oscar, he proved today, please stop with the 27 points. It doesn't matter. Like that it happened. It's all about that energy, that spirit, that competitiveness, that fight against that. I'm beating that other guy. He got beat on one rebound and he walked over to me and said, that was my fault. So, you know, there's some habits that he's creating a new habit of playing that way. And if he does it, you'll see offensively, he scores. You know why? Because he's skilled. 
He's a he's as good a two point shooter. I hate to say this. He and Oscar are probably our best two point shooters. And I wonder too about the defense on Abadji. Uh, how well do you think you guys defended him? How important was that to win? Well, you know, um, we uh, guys played him. I mean, and it was a team effort because the way they're playing, you can see they're they're playing a dribble drive and they're doing it with four guys on the perimeter, kind of like we do. And you have to switch some. And we switched off on him and that guy guarded him too. I mean, it was a team effort. Thanks. Last two, John Hale. Cal, you've never had a team like this that doesn't rely on freshmen so much. What's the biggest difference in having a veteran team? How does that translate? Um, they're on time. They have an idea what I'm talking about because they've done it before. Um, you can lean on them, Savir, Kellen, even Davion, um, Oscar, Keon. I mean, we got veteran guys, and and they're playing well enough that um, that's part of the thing with Bryce and Damian. I mean, those guys in front of you are playing so well, you almost got to accept it, and then when you get your chance, you got to bust out which is hard. It's a hard deal. All right, Coach, thank you for your time. We appreciate it. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Mark Story. Follow him on Twitter at Mark C. Story. Be sure and check him out on Kentucky.com and in the print edition of the Herald Leader. Remember, you can get a sports-only Sports Pass digital subscription to Kentucky.com, $30 for the first year. You know all of our UK coverage. Go to Kentucky.com, hit on the subscription tab. Check out all of the offers for subscriptions to Kentucky.com and the Lexington Herald Leader. We appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. I appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. Give us a rating and review wherever you find the podcast that really helps us out follow me on twitter at john clay iv send me an email jclay at herald-leader.com we'll have plenty more coverage as kentucky plays vanderbilt at home on wednesday night uh that is seven o'clock start and then saturday big game on saturday kentucky goes to alabama kentucky plays the crimson tide down in tuscaloosa we'll have plenty of coverage of, of all of all those games all this week so be sure and check it out on kentucky.com thanks again for listening we'll catch you next time on the john clay podcast